like, subscribe, um, review. Say thank you to Anna personally. If you ever walk past in the, <laughs> in the street, shake her hand and say thank you for your service. And then everyone will be happy and buy tickets to every game you can and have a great time. Have a lovely day. Hello Chirpers and welcome back to episode 15 of What You Chirping Now For with me, Ella Bourne. And me, Georgia Ralph. Woo-woo. If you've made it all the way to episode 15, then thank you for being here for the journey, I guess. We've got and, a very um, exciting episode. I was going to say, and we've got a special guest on, our first oh. special guest. Extremely special guest, which you will find out more in about five, ten minutes time. But for now, stay on the edge of your seats and be really excited because you don't know who it is. We probably do because we've, we've teased on, on social media, media so... yeah. In theory, you should know, but if you live under a rock, then you don't know. Hold on tight for 10 minutes because you're about to find out. Yeah. Well, hello. I feel like I haven't spoken anyway. to you in ages. <laughs> I know. Life is crazy. How are you? Ups and downs. What's going um, on? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Highs and lows. Um. So in, in very exciting news, I have decided to take on a new sport. And that sport being... <gasps> That sport oh. being Aussie rules. Um, and I played my first okay. game at the weekend. What What is Aussie rules? It is. It's like a, a cross between rugby, volleyball, kind of similar similar vibes to Gaelic football, I guess. Um, yeah, and I played my first game. I played, I was expecting to go on for like five minutes at the end of the game. And I ended up playing the whole game. And everyone said I did really well. I mean, I did throw the ball once, but I mean, I told them that was going to happen before. But you're not allowed to throw the ball. You're supposed to like punt it like a volleyball. But I did some good kicks. So, I mean, I think it was a win. Pause, even pause, though... pause, pause. Go back. Explain. How do you play? So so what parts of your body do you use? What's the so aim of the game? The, the, the pitch is an oval, kind of like a cricket pitch. Okay. Um, It's really big pitch. There's... 18 people on a pitch. Um, I think we played 16 at the weekend, though. And you can either hit the ball with your hands like a volleyball, like punt it with mm-hmm. your hand, or you can kick it. Um, if right. you kick it and someone catches it, then you make a mark. So no one can tackle the person that's caught it for 30 seconds. And it's almost like a time to, like, you reset, basically. Um, you've got time to okay. take time, do what you want. Um, and then a lot of the time, because it's a ball bit shaped shaped a bit like a rugby, it can bounce in all weird directions. So a lot of the time, you're just chasing it and trying to predict where it's going to bounce, and nobody has any idea. So it makes it quite funny uh, to watch. And then to score, you there's so there's two posts, a bit like rugby, but without the bar in between. You kick the ball through the two posts in the middle, you get six points. But there's also mm-hmm. another two posts, so one either side of those two posts in the middle. And if you get it through there, you get one point. So you're okay. able to get it through the, the two posts at the end. But if you get it either side, you still get a point. Okay, cool. That sounds interesting. I've never heard of that before. Mm. No, it's really fun. I really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed it. How did you get into it? 
very very randomly um I my plan was to go for a run after work I was working from home and I thought I need to get out the house so my plan was to go for a run after work um and then I was scrolling in my lunch break on Instagram and like AFL London came up and then I was like oh I wonder if there's a team out here like I wouldn't play but like I'm interested in it so I watched a bit when I was living in Australia and then they were like oh yeah training's on the same day that I was working from home so I was like well rather than going for a run I don't really want to go for a run I could go and do the training and that's exercise and if I don't like it I never go back again and if I do then Mm. cool and I absolutely loved it I thought it was so much fun and everyone was really friendly Um, so I thought why not give it a go oh that's amazing I love that that does sound like fun Mm, it is yeah exactly I'd say that that's my high of the week. Um, giving that a go and playing my first game, um, it was lots of fun. And I'd say my love of the week is that I have been ex- absolutely exhausted this week because I've played so much sport. Um, and nearly every day after work, I've gone and played something of some sort, rounders, cricket. Uh, so I'm absolutely knackered. What about um, you? I'm not surprised. What are your highs and lows? Um- Oh, highs is definitely playing cricket on Saturday and getting a win. Cheeky little two wickets under my belt. Love oh, that. Nice. And then low, I've just been super, super busy at work. But in a weird way, it's making me productive at home. So like I'm staying on top of my cleaning, my washing, all that kind of stuff and personal admin and I don't know. But like I'm staying on top of that, which is unlike me. So yeah. Oh, interesting. Low and high. It's not like you to be tidy. It's not. The room is spotless. Yesterday was the first Sunday in months that Adam and I haven't been hungover. So um, <laughs> we we did a lot of cleaning in our room. He, he even, so we have um, like slanted roof windows, like on the, on the ceiling. And it was covered in bird poo, which is really disgusting. And he spent a good hour scrubbing that off. Absolutely. Uh, I gagged the whole time because I can't yeah, deal with that. Gross. Um, I was actually gagging, going, You're so brave. You're so clever. And he's going, Hello, it's disgusting because it was flying around. Um, uh, but no, it was a disgusting job. Well done. And we got it sorted. So, yeah, a little bit of adult life. But I actually have something really interesting to share with you. Okay. So, recently, when I've been training and for the past year or so, maybe six months actually, I've been terrified of the ball when I'm fielding, like absolutely terrified of it, like physically flinch, flinching at the ball and like really quite scared of it. And I had just put it down to the fact that about two years ago, I got hit in the face with a cricket ball. Mm. Um, Cause ever since I've been a bit kind of tentative because my mm. tooth kind of came out and was hanging on by a nerve or something. I just ah. pushed it back in and like walked off the pitch because I didn't want to, I was in a men's match. I didn't cry. Yeah, like it was horrible, and I've had a lot of PTSD from it. Like I closed my I've, eyes and imagined I've never my face. heard you tell so that. I assumed before. naturally it's because of that. Um, yeah, I've got some horrific photos to prove it, where my lips look like I've got really botched lip fillers. Um, but yeah, it was awful. Like it was horrible. My whole tooth kind of came out, hanging on by a nerve. Pushed it back in. Uh-huh. It was just horrendous. Anyway, so naturally I assumed it was from that, and I had my first league game last week um and in the field I just didn't want the ball I don't want to be that player that you can't rely on right Mm -hmm. so 
so yeah so those of you who don't know my dad brother and my brother's fiance are all osteopaths so I booked an appointment appointment with my dad and I said like I'm scalable help I don't want to be scalable because I don't want to play cricket if I'm scared of it so I put it in for an appointment and he he does more than just osteopathy um he's one of the many few in the world who who can do what he does he's very clever and amazing and all that kind of stuff um so he does a lot of emotional stuff behind it as well so he tested me for all that kind of stuff and I was a little bit weak to being hit in the face but nothing massive nothing that should be causing me that much kind of fear Mm. um and he ended up treating it so back to the incident that started this whole campaign so essentially so when that comment got made about me last year in my men's cricket league and I reported it yeah I so I kind of subconsciously felt like I'd created a spotlight on myself to have to be like showing women's cricket to be amazing so I couldn't okay. do anything wrong yeah okay so it all came back to that and I felt like oh my god like what if I'm really rubbish now and then when people play against me they think like oh why she why she complained yeah. um you know like why she like she should be really good she can complain like that kind of stuff oh, so he treated all of that yeah so interesting and when he said that that's the reason why because you feel like you have to be really good and you're yeah. kind of scared to mess up that's why you're scared of it and it literally made so much sense and I thought how mental is that and then oh, I also wow. thought how many other people has this happened to and they don't have the luxury of having their dad as an amazing osteopath who can yeah. just fix it yeah like and also my not, mind was blown not even just in a, a sports world but in an everyday life world you know think of kids that get bullied yeah. at school like think what trauma yeah. that must have caused them when they go on and into the workplace um there's probably yeah that's really interesting and I think sport particularly cricket is such a psychological sport as well um I think maybe maybe next time because I'm aware that we're going to be getting our special guest in soon, but maybe on the next one, um, I'll talk a little bit about, by, about why I don't bowl anymore. Um, mm. Cause that's one that for me, even now people ask the question as to why I don't bowl. And I get really, I do get really um, on edge about answering it. And in fact, I was, I was playing in a social game on Thursday and one of the girls who I've played a lot of cricket with, she knew me when I was a bowler. She said, come on, like, it's a social game. It doesn't matter if it's rubbish. It doesn't matter if you bowl a wide every ball. And I said, I, I can't do it. Um, mm. But we can go into the details of that on a on a, a different pod, maybe. Because, um, mm. yeah, I think cricket is such a psychological sport. That's so interesting. I can't believe that. Massively. I know. And I, I took it quite literally. I was like, I must be scared of the ball because I've been hit so badly. And mm. quite, not, not to be dramatic, but quite traumatic. Yeah. I think I me mean, not that dramatic but do you know what I mean it's quite to be hit in the face um so I just assumed I've physically been hit in the face so I'm actually scared of the ball but actually I was scared of the mental side of it and I felt like I don't know it's just crazy because when he said it it made sense he strength, strengthened me up to it and then I played a game on Saturday and I wasn't scared of it I've fielded like quite well for compared to what I've been fielding like so mm. yeah I just thought it was super interesting I had to share because yeah it's, it's scary reporting people it's scary and, yeah. and you do put a, a kind of a local spotlight on yourself because within the cricket world everyone knows and then next yeah. time it feels like chance to a game and everyone's looking at you like oh she's the one who reported it well actually they don't actually care because if they care they're the ones who's scared to be reported 
that's yeah, yeah, that's yeah. the no. the main thing about it so no one actually cares it's a pressure you're putting on yourself and yeah I just thought it was super interesting and thought I needed to share I also think that's interesting in terms of females playing men's cricket I think it is very easy to be like well I'm letting the entire female female cricketers everyone um I'm letting them all down if I don't Mm. perform because they're going to see me as a female cricketer and go oh well she got a duck and dropped two catches yeah women's cricket's rubbish um yeah so I do think there is a pressure there uh to perform well when you play men's cricket definitely definitely 100% and especially things like being scared of the ball that's a stereotypical female trait so I think that's part of the reason I was so I had so much pressure on myself to do well because people ex- sometimes expect you not to be as good mm-hmm. um in that in that area mm-hmm. um but yeah there there I think there is a pressure to perform especially when you're the only female but mm-hmm. I did play against another female on Saturday and it was really lovely because I think sometimes when and she was a batter and I was a bowler so I think there was almost too much scope for people to think oh it's a battle of the females and actually no comments like that were made at all it was like there's just two cricketers playing against each other and that's what I loved even more it wasn't like oh she's a girl you're a girl nothing like that was no comment was made and I thought yes this feels bloody fantastic oh interesting because I I've played in men's cricket and there's a girl that I'm, I'm still very good friends with now I play a lot of cricket with her but she played for a different men's club and I know that when we played against each other um, it almost put a spotlight on it even more because it was like, oh, there's two girls mm. playing. There's one on either side. It's a competition. And someone did actually say something um, along the lines of girl on girl action. Ugh. Um, which. Oh, my God. I'm not going to go into any more details to if, if you don't get it from that. But um, that made me feel awful. Yeah. Awful. I didn't, yeah, I didn't I enjoy imagine. that. Um, but it just shows that's interesting. It's good that you had a really positive experience of that, though. I mean, the same situation did happen last year and it's happened before. And those comments have been made previously. So I was kind of expecting us. I, I thought, sorry, I thought, oh, someone's going to make that comment. But nothing was made. It was just like, so what? And I thought, yes, mm-hmm. finally. And it felt like actual progress had happened. And I was just so, and I think it probably is because both teams have a female. So they know not to act like that. Hmm. I mean in theory you'd hope so anyway but yeah it was just really nice it was really refreshing and, and I thought what a bloody good game of cricket oh good shall we uh start gearing up for uh getting, <gasps> our, getting our guest on would you would you like to announce who's coming on the pod I would love to and let's make it dramatic like x factor okay. 2010 style yeah okay are you ready Next on, what you? I can't do it. I'm sorry. <laughs> I tried. Um, okay, coming up next on the podcast is the one and only youngest ever umpire to officiate in an international cricket match at the age of 22 in an ODI between England and New Zealand. It's the one and only Anna Harris. It is. So Anna began umpiring in 2020 at a professional level. So that's really exciting. Um, Anna is actually one year older than me. So she'll be your age, Ralph. My age. Yeah. 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 I met her actually at a uh, a camp at Wellington, Wellington School, Wellington College, whatever it's called. Um, oh, amazing. They played against each other, I'm pretty sure. 
and that's when I first met her. Um, but I'm really excited about this. I'm really excited yeah. to have her on. Um, I've been looking forward to this all week, actually. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be a good one. Okay, as promised, we have the one and only best umpire in the game, Anna Harris, joining us today. So welcome to the podcast. Hello. Thank you very much. I'm very happy to be on it. We're super, super excited. excited. Yeah, we've both been messaging each other back and forth this week saying we're really excited for this one. Um, we think it'd be really interesting to talk to you. Um, so we've got some we've got some questions for you to begin with. Yeah, so I want to know, first of all, how did you get into umpiring? How did this all come about? Uh, so it started when I was about 16, I think. Uh, and I think we used to play against you, um, your club team. So mum would umpire mm. my club games on a weekend because there were never any umpires. Um, and she really enjoyed it. So she said to me, well, why don't you go and do it? You can earn some pocket money uh, and keep interested in the game of cricket and I'll help with your playing. Uh, so yes, yeah, so I went and did my course. I actually, I took it in Sussex um, when I was about seventeen, I think. Uh, and then my first season was actually in Australia on my on my gap year out there. Oh, amazing! Came, awesome. came home. The rest is history. Oh wow, that's so nice. Because I also read that um, you actually created history by um, being part of the first ever all female umpiring duo. That's amazing. How did that feel? Yeah, that was pretty cool. So actually the welcome at the, it was in the West of England Premier League. Um, so first duo in a Premier League game, men's Premier League. Uh, it was really good. I've known Yvonne for years, who's my colleague that day and and the hype around the day. I mean, most of the players were brilliant um, and they were saying, look, it shouldn't really be a thing. And we mm. like, you're exactly right. It, it shouldn't be a thing, but it has to be a thing just yeah. because it's, well, what year was it now? 2021, uh, 2020, something like that. Um, you know, it, it women should have been umpiring Premier League games for years but yeah yeah something to bring awareness to it yeah I've, I've had when I was uh training in Leicester even just this season um I know there's a massive push for getting more females into umpiring um had a, a lady come in I can't remember her name off the top of my head but she was really trying to push for us to go and, and do our qualifications and everything um what do you think the barriers are for women umpiring what do you think is stopping them from getting involved? So I can't remember the statistic, but it's it's definitely less than I think about 6%, less than 6%, probably even a smaller percentage of the umpiring community um, are women, are female. And wow. Hear it, yeah. And you'll still quite often hear it referred to as an umpiring fraternity. Wow. Um, depending on who you speak to. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So in, in terms of that, you know, you, you're presented with your course tutors who are predominantly male. When I was doing my course, um, I was the only woman on it. And there were about 20 of us in the room. Uh, and you're just faced by mainly standing with with men. And, and also that the way the pathway used to be, which has thankfully changed, but the way the pathway used to be was you had to do men's cricket in order to progress. So oh. in terms of barriers you know you necessarily women don't progress their umpiring so yeah. thankfully there's been a lot of work with the ECB and it, and it is changing and there's a separate pathway now and the education is there but I would say you can't it's said a lot you can't be what you can't see so yeah. yeah we need more women to take that step and we saw recently a conference that Sue Redfern ran that about over 70 women turned up 
which is massive wow yeah like we're talking probably five years ago you were scraping together to find sort of 10 women to go and do a regional festival Mm. and now we've got 70 presenting yeah so it's been been big growth but there's a lot of work I mean I still turn up to games changed because Mm. I know that there's not necessarily going to be a separate changing room for me um yeah there's there's sort of barriers like that but I suppose and it's little things sorry it's little things like that that make you feel included if you do have your own changing room whereas in a men's team that's a basic right so it's kind of like why is that different for a woman (laughs) um six percent that's crazy it might even be less than that I mean don't quote me on the numbers Um, (laughs) but you know we're talking about cricket as well some of the some of these clubs are, are really old clubs and they've got so I remember a ground that I went to years ago where to get to the umpire's changing room you had to walk through the home dressing room right and, and for blokes uh, that's not a problem but for me I'm sort of having to like put my head down and uh, you know, or they go and have their shower after the game and I've seen sites that I don't want to see um yeah. yeah it's just one of those things and um yeah. you're you're still studying as well aren't you part-time so how how do you manage your time between umpiring and studying yeah so I've, I made the move to part-time this year um I, I've got Cardiff University to thank for that massively. They've been really supportive and that, that allowed me to go and do some of the stuff over winter, like going, going to South Africa for the World Cup. So mm-hmm. I manage my time. It, it works out at about 24 weeks a year. Um, okay. So I've, I've pretty much finished my first half of fourth year. And then back in September in the new academic year, I'll do my second half of my fourth year. Um, so that's oh, kind nice. of how it's managed to squish it all in. And is it is it medicine that you're doing? Yeah, for so not, not for the the easy option there either. <laughs> no, no, um, no. But it's, some idiot's got to do it, and it just happens to be me. <laughs> do you plan on using your degree, or like, do you, would you plan on going into medicine after this, or would you would you you do it for? Yeah, it's a really good question, and one that future Anna's definitely got to have a, a good strong look at. But <laughs> I mean, I've I've worked hard for this degree, and I've still got a couple of years to go, so I definitely want to finish it. Mm. um and I obviously I, I wouldn't still be doing the degree if I didn't love medicine so mm. I, yeah. I do definitely want to take that you know and work as a doctor when I eventually graduate but just depends how much cricket versus how much doctoring yeah nice mm. you could always be a on-call cricket doctor umpire and instead <laughs> yeah. of the injury you jump on and you fix them and be right. amazing right. yeah, <laughs> yeah I'll, I'll have to try and carve myself a niche role somehow <laughs> yeah <laughs> definitely i was um going to suggest that we chuck in every week we do a a, a tongue twister um and i think that we should put the one and only anna harris up to the challenge um to see if she's better than us because we are absolutely awful so be easy easy to beat the tongue twister that we've got for you today is i saw a kitten eating chicken in the kitchen I saw a kitten eating chicken in the kitchen. Yeah. Is that yeah, but now we're really fast and keep doing it. Yeah, just keep doing <laughs> it over, over as quick as you can. I saw a kitten eating chicken in the kitchen. I saw a kitten eating chicken in the kitchen. I saw a kitten eating chicken in the kitchen. I saw a kitten eating chicken in the kitchen. Morning, you go. There was a lot of thought. I don't think I've ever put. I think a test match is less thinking than that one. <laughs> that's just like that's second nature though at this point. Yeah. Oh my god. Okay. 
I saw a kitten eating chicken. <laughs> I saw a kitten eating chicken in the kitchen. I saw a kitten eating chicken. I don't know how you do it. Rob, you try. I always cheat because I always read it off the thing as well. But I saw a kitten eating chicken in the kitchen. I saw a kitten eating chicken in the kitchen. I saw a kitten eating chicken in the kitchen. It's just you that can't do it. <laughs> okay. Right. I saw a kitten eating chicken in the kitchen. I saw a kitten eating chicken in the kitchen. It just all blurs into one. It's so ch -ch sound. <laughs> Awful. Oh, yeah, that's not for me. Okay, I have got I another, have another question. question. Oh, you go first. Oh, oh no, no. You should have stepped in there, Ralph. You're fine. You take it. I was going to ask if you have a tournament or a game that is stands out in your mind as being the best tournament or the best game that you've umpired? Well, it's got to be pretty special. Uh, the first game of the T20 World Cup in South Africa. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm stood at bowler's end. I'm making my T20 international debut. And I Woo! get to call play on the whole World Cup. That's amazing. That was, That's that cool. was really special. That's cool. Wow. And do you have a favourite country as well that you've travelled to with umpiring? That's a tough one. I mean, I've only travelled three. I want to say three countries. Yeah. Um, Australia special because that's my first season, but I'd say it's special more for the... It's my first ever ICC tournament, so that's kind of special in its own right. And also, yeah. you can yeah. spend great British pounds there, which always helps. <laughs> uh, and then... South Africa was just pretty awesome. So yeah. in terms of the, the beauty of the grounds, I'd have to go to South Africa because Newlands is just gorgeous. Yeah. I was yeah. so jealous I couldn't be out there to watch it. So jealous. Yeah. I was gonna ask what your um what your highlight is, obviously say and play at South Africa T20 World Cup. That's pretty amazing. And what's your low light of umpiring? Is there a moment when it's been like a really cold, rainy day and you're thinking, get me inside with a hot chockey? Like, what should the uh, like be? <laughs> Thankfully, there aren't too many. Now you mentioned the cold weather, I remember it's not necessarily a low light, actually, but I was I was standing with um, another female umpire in the beginning of the season, a couple of seasons ago in March, uh, and it, it was hail-stopped play. Not rain-stopped play, but hail-stopped play. Um, and that was pretty miserable. I think yeah. every fielder had about four hand warmers in their pockets. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, do so you bring was... loads of hand warmers with you every game? Uh, I don't normally actually. I normally have gloves, so I have two pairs okay. of gloves in my bag. Um, that's just preference. But I do. I now have some hand warmers that were gifted to me, which I thankfully haven't had to use yet this season. <laughs> yeah, so fingers crossed. I'm, I'm sure they'll be used. Everything, everything's been rained off this year so far, hasn't it? Pretty much. I know a lot of my cricket. Yeah, has. it's been such a wet start to the season. I I can't remember it being this soggy for at least five years. I would yeah. say a good few years for sure. Mm. And and do you still play at all, or is your time? Uh, very occasionally, yeah. So most of my time is taken up with umpiring. So I mean, I played uh, a little mini tournament with MCC probably two three weeks ago. Oh, nice. Um, and then if I'm free, I'll try and play for a club if I can. Um, but mainly it's the umpiring. Um, I'm normally too sore like the three yeah. days after a game. Still, I just don't yeah. play. Like I'm not fifteen anymore and can just run and run and run. <laughs> yeah yeah I do you miss playing at all I, I do sometimes yeah in terms of 
when you're on field and you're umpiring and you spot things going on and you think like, oh, I wouldn't have the field like this or oh, why aren't you bowling like this to this batter? Um, but then normally when I'm playing, I'm thinking, oh, crikey. Like well, I said to the umpire the other day when I was bowling, I was like, even if I hit the stumps, I'm not convinced the bales are going to come off. Like, this is how slow it. But yeah, no, it's a good laugh. Hmm. And then in terms of the best player you've ever seen live like who is that for you in terms so one sticks out this season um I saw her at Fairbreak and then she now plays for Thunder uh Mahika Gore I think she's something special Um, she's got quite a lot of interest at the moment from commentators and cricket pundits and, and I think she really is um someone to watch out for in the future just the way she bowls so metronomic um and it was quite a challenge as an umpire in terms of you feel like you're in the game every ball. Um, okay. And that was quite special to sort of settle into a spell. Nice. Um, and, and then I have to ask, oh, go on. I was going to ask, if you were trying to convince everyone listening to this to become an umpire and you give your, your top three reasons why, mm. what what would you say to them? Oh, that's a really tricky question. Um, I mean, if you if if you've ever watched cricket or you've ever wanted to get involved in cricket, um, whether you've played, whether you've not played, whether you know anything about the sport or not, umpiring is the best view on the pitch. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, you're standing twenty two yards away from players doing the thing they love. Um, and that's one of the main things for me. I still go and do when I can, like local club stuff, because it's all about the game and all about the mm. players. Mm. Um, so the enjoyment factor, definitely. And then for people who think, oh, I could never concentrate for that long, because that's the main reason the pushback I get. Yeah. And I go, well, okay, so can you concentrate for 30 seconds? And I think most people would mm. say yes. Yeah. So I go, okay, just do that, but... I don't know, 120 times. There you go. That's an innings. Yeah. Yeah. And then they go, oh, okay, that's not that long. Yeah. 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 Um, Wow. In in terms of umpiring as well, people saying, oh, I don't enjoy it, or I had had one go and I didn't like it, or what if the players complain? And I say, well, we all remember our first day at school, first day at a new school, or first day at a new job, first day at a new training session, and we dreaded it before we went. Mm. we probably felt a little bit sick we probably turned up and hated the first five to ten minutes we may even still not have fully enjoyed it by the end but when you go back on the second time you start to enjoy it yeah and that's exactly the same as something you you, I, I know that you might not enjoy your first umpiring game I hold my hand up I did not enjoy the first game I umpired but I went back and I gave it another shot so yeah that's, that's my message such a great perspective Give it two or three tries at least. You've, you've sold me. Yeah, hundred percent. That's such a good way of looking at it because you're so right. Look, like looking back at things that you you try for the first time, you don't enjoy it because you don't necessarily know what you're doing or you don't want to get things wrong. But yeah. you do it now and you feel so confident. Mm. Wow. Yeah. yeah, I was actually going to ask, how do you deal with um like backlash and confrontation? Because in the the men's league that I play in, we have to umpire ourselves, and I always refuse to do the. T- top end I'm like I'll do square leg and that's it because I'm so scared I've made the wrong decision someone's going to shout at me or they'll be like you don't know what you're talking about so how do you yeah. deal with that so 
I had to switch my perspective slightly. So when I first started umpiring, I was scared of being wrong. Mm. Um, I guess it's like like with a player, you you don't want to get out on your first ball. You don't want to bowl a wide that loses the game. But you've got to think the only way that you can fail as an umpire is if you don't make a decision because mm-hmm. your one job yeah. is to make a decision. So whether that's right or wrong, so long as you make a decision, you've done your job. And that was a way that I reframed it so that I could then put my spin on it and go, okay, maybe I've not done the best job, but I've still done what I was there to do. Uh, and in in terms of backlash, you just got to try and, you know, not necessarily have snarky comebacks. I'm not expecting everyone to be like Nigel Owens on the, on, on the field, but <laughs> just, just have ways of bolstering yourself. So I have some words that I say to myself before a game um, and then, you know, if I think that I've had a bad decision, a perceived bad decision, um, then you work on trying to, let's say I've made it on the third over and I know we've got drinks at 12 overs. I will put it away and not think about it. And then at the drinks break, I will then give myself the time to think about it. And then I've thought about it and it's done. Yeah. Wow. So it's wise. There's lots of different Yeah. <laughs> That's such a good mentality to have I don't think I'm mature enough for that yeah (laughs) (laughs) I think I think you could apply it to playing as well I mean I'm sure we've all played or you know a bad shot I mean I certainly remember plays and misses or horrendous shots and we think you've done completely the wrong thing and you ruminate on it and then it affects the next ball the next ball the next ball so even if you don't apply it to your umpiring you can apply it to your playing absolutely that's such a, a good perspective I feel like yeah. I need to sit with you every time before I go into bat to get in my head in the game, you know? I feel like you'd prep me well. <laughs> and if I get a duck... I know. Then... Or even a debrief, like, post-match. <laughs> yeah, yeah um, I mean, so I've just started this little um, sort of self-assessment thing that, uh, for, for after every game, and one of my criteria that I mark myself on is, did I have fun? Yeah. Because I think we can oh, quite often lose yeah. that. You know, I may have... Played a shot. I may have bowled a wide. I may have missed one in the field. I may have given someone out LBW when they hit it. I'm sure well, we I'm... have a club cricketer who goes, "Oh, I'm never doing this again. This yeah. is I pay to be here. This is the worst sport." And then they're back yeah. there every Saturday. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> sure. sure. Wow. Well, it's been. I feel so inspired. Yeah. So do I. So inspired. I literally feel like I've I've had a motivational speaker. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not even joking. I genuinely feel like someone's yeah. turning my life around I'm yeah I need some reflecting have a new outlook on on everything now self-assessment <laughs> of every day at work did I have fun <laughs> I think so yeah I mean yeah I, I mean sometimes you up. look at it and you think oh it's a bit silly and someone listening to this might be like oh speaking absolute rubbish and yeah on some days I think I'm trying absolute rubbish as well but if you just try and put something in place that you can fall back on it's just it's just part of a process um, and I don't no, get it right every time, I like it. it's something to. I'm, I'm a fan. Yeah, I like that a lot. Yeah, mm. it's been absolutely brilliant having you on, Anna. Um, thank you so much for for coming on and joining us. Um, I know I've really enjoyed it. Um, Bonnie's gleaming, so I'm going to assume she has too. Um, <laughs> so yeah, thank you very much. I don't know, Bonnie, if you oh, have yeah. Been no, it's been amazing. Um, you are a very first guest ever on the podcast so wow we've moved to that one <laughs> it only goes up from here 
<laughs> I don't think so. I think it goes down. <laughs> I mean, today was going to go one of two ways. It was going to be an absolute disaster. It was going to go really well. And I think it's the latter on, on this occasion. Um, you've been brilliant. So, uh, yeah. Yes. So good. So good. Thank you so much for coming on. It has been great. Um, and I'm sure our listeners have enjoyed it. And if not, then they can go find a new podcast because I'm not interested <laughs> in them anymore. <laughs> no, thank you so much. You've been amazing. Um, I definitely <laughs> need to take some of that advice on and do some reflecting. And you know what? Maybe I'm going to go and, and umpire an end at my next game. Give Don't hold go. me to it, but I might. Give it a go. <laughs> exactly. Worst comes to worst, you only make a pint for a bad decision. Exactly. <laughs> and I can afford £2.50 at the <laughs> our club spa. So it's fine. <laughs> no, thank you so much. How good was she? Well, well, well. Call me Nelly. She was phenomenal. Brilliant. She spoke so well. To think that she's the same age as me, like she's so mature. She seems so, I bet she doesn't laugh at who. (laughs) So mature. Like, yeah. But she's such a lovely person. Yeah, so so down to earth. Yeah. And very inspiring. I wasn't expecting to come up feeling inspired. Yeah. But I do. No, I thought that was amazing. I think that is probably the best podcast we've done to date. Oh, yeah. 100%. And it's yeah. all of her. And so yeah. maybe, actually, we need to just give her the podcast and let her let her take over. Cause... I, I am thinking of giving her my role because she was significantly better than me. Especially <laughs> on the time twister. <laughs> yeah, she was so good at that, too. Yeah. No, she was brilliant. I really enjoyed that. I feel like I'm going to be buzzing about that all week. Yeah, I'm really excited for this to come out so other people can now listen to this because yeah. I feel like I'm holding a secret by only being the person like to know what's going on, obviously with you. But but like I, I just said to Adam, like, oh, that was amazing. And he was like, okay. And I was like, oh, you'll get it when you, when you listen to it. You understand. Yeah, yeah. Like, you, know, you can't express how good it, it was. Yeah, yeah. That's so true, actually. Um, I feel starstruck. Yeah, and I feel like she's given everyone some really good advice there. And and we do end on advice, so maybe we should give... I mean, they're not going to be anywhere near as good as... My advice, in fact, is going to be, be more Anna Harris. And I'm going to second that. I'm going to say, be more Anna Harris, and then do an umpiring course. Yeah. Go do your umpiring. I need to do mine. I haven't done mine. I, I should do mine. You should. I'll support that. Thanks. And you should do yours. And I'll support you. I know, but I didn't think I'd be a very good umpire. Yeah, no, actually, I don't think you would. No. Do you know, I I umpired. I was playing in the game with my brother. And similar to what you were saying is you umpire for yourselves. Um, And I went out to umpire. And we were playing a team that they kicked off with every decision made. Like they appealed for absolutely every LW when it was like nowhere near and then kicked off about it. And I went out to umpire and I thought, oh God, like they're going to kick off at me even more because they're going to be like, you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. I walked out there and I stood there and they, they eventually they appealed for one and I just shook my head straight away. I was like, not out. And they didn't say anything to me. And I walked off and I said to my brother afterwards, I said, I'm really surprised they didn't kick off. And he said, 
if you're a girl who they've seen you play, they've seen that you're good at cricket, and you've then gone out to umpire and you've looked confident in doing it, you've mm. not gone like, oh, she, he said you looked really confident, and he was like, you almost looked a little bit scary as well. And it was kind of like you knew what your decision was straight away. I think he might have been batting actually at the same time. And he was like, you knew what your decision was straight away. And you just said, no, not out. Yeah. And you seemed so confident in it. And so they, they weren't going to argue with that. Um, so I found that really interesting. But yeah. Yeah. yeah I, do like that. I mean, I, I feel like it gives me a power boost. You know, you've got so many people asking you the question is, is that out? <laughs> And you're like, I will tell you, no, it's not. <laughs> yeah. No, that's really interesting. Yeah, I mean, confidence is key. Fake it till you make it. Fake it till you make it, yeah. So if you got there going like, don't mess with me, I'm not messing. <laughs> See, even my microphone's not messing. I feel like if you were an umpire, you'd have the flariest hand signals, though. Oh like, my god! I umpired for ladies the other day. Wild ones. You should have seen my fours. I was giving sass. I was giving energy. I was giving pizzazz. It was gorgeous. But yeah, I would make it my own. I'd make it a dance routine. Screw it. <laughs> okay. Well, we've given our advice, and that is be more Anna Harris. She has spoken so eloquently. That's beautifully a, that's a good word isn't it eloquent um eloquently and i don't i don't think i have anything to top that no that was amazing another massive massive thank you to anna harris because that was so yes. so good um and it was great to speak to her and it's great to have her on the podcast it was an absolute pleasure really good and um, thank you all for listening hope you come back and i'm sure you've loved it please listen again when anna isn't here we still need the views Come on. Just listen. Go on. You know you want to Come on. Come on. <laughs> and yes, always right. this weird Ella Bourne is. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not be Reen. Do you remember that? Remember the word Reen? From like 2012. Joey oh. Essex. Be Reen. Be Reen. No? I didn't like that, no. You remember it? I remember Essex. I remember it, yeah. But I didn't like it. I never used it. Great. And I mean, that, no, neither did I, but on that note, I think we should say goodbye. Bye-byes. Goodbye. Goodbye. Be Reem. See you later, alligator. In a while, crocodile. Adios. Au revoir. I'll feed design. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs>